Welcome to this exciting sermon from World Impact Community Church. We hope you enjoy this message. For more sermons and resources, please do visit us at wscc.in. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. What a joy to be alive and well another year and to be able to see this beautiful Resurrection Sunday to worship God in the beauty of His holiness, in His majesty, His power and His might. So greetings to all of you, even as I know all around the world, people are celebrating this um, Resurrection Sunday. And we too are celebrating, not just this day, every day of our life we experience the power of His Resurrection. But today too, what a joy and what an opportunity to tell others about Jesus. And to tell others what you believe in, that Jesus uh, he's not dead, that he's alive. Hallelujah. Today I want to share from God's word, Matthew's gospel and chapter 26, 28 and verse 6. Matthew's gospel, chapter 28 and verse 6. The Bible says, he's not here, for he has risen just as he said. He's not here, for he has risen just as he said. Hallelujah. Jesus said, I'm not going to be dead forevermore. I am going to lay down my life as a ransom for your life. I'm going, to, I'm going to take the bullet in your place. I'm going to take the judgment that has come upon you because of your sin and rebellion and all of that. And I am going to take your place. What a loving Savior we have. What a joyful day where we can celebrate the goodness of God upon our life. See, everything about Jesus' life was a miracle. Uh, his birth was a miracle. His life was a miracle. And every part of this life can, has the power and potential to change my life and to change your life. From the virgin womb to the empty tomb, everything about God, God the Father was involved in sending His Son, Jesus. Everything we see, the Father was keenly involved in sending His Son Jesus here on earth. So that if any one of us, you or I, or if any one of us should believe in Jesus as our Savior, that we would don't have to perish and live a life without Christ. We don't need to go to a Christless eternity. Hallelujah. So this Easter Sunday that the world celebrates all around, or Resurrection Sunday, as we would call it, because it is the powerful proclamation of the resurrection of God, you see, is not a festival. It's not something that, that, an opportunity for community to gather together and we can have just a great meal. It is the powerful declaration to the whole world about the fact that we don't have to go to Christless eternity. It is a rejoicing that we were dead and now we are alive in Christ. It is an opportunity to proclaim to the whole world that Jesus is the Son of the living God. Hallelujah. This Resurrection Sunday has great significance. For some people it is a holiday. For some people it is a family gathering day. For some people it is a special food day. But for those of us who know Jesus as our personal Savior, we know it is the day that changed our life forever and ever and ever. The resurrection day has special significance in the life of every believer, every child of God, in fact, for the whole world. Just think about it. If Christ had not been risen, nowadays a lot of people are gathering a lot of information, a lot of knowledge, a lot of misconceptions are there, a lot of conceptions are there, misconceptions are there, a lot of information is there. And a lot of misinformation is there. Everything freely available on the internet. And so people are going around and saying, no, Christ did not rise. And they're saying Christ was a myth. His story was not real. Uh, you know, we, we don't know whether we can believe it. Maybe it's a fairy tale. But I want you to think with me for a minute today. If Christ had not risen from the dead, what would be the consequence of that? Just think about it for a minute. What would be the consequence of your life and my life, and what would be the consequence of the whole world if Christ had not risen from the dead? First, for the preacher and for the believer. Apostle Paul goes on to say in 1 Corinthians 15, 4, he says, if Christ had not risen from the dead, then two things would have happened. Our preaching would be in vain. Our preaching would be in vain that, 
that we, you know, the next verse, go and look at the next verse. Our preaching would be in vain. And uh, then he says, and your faith would also be in vain. Our preaching would also be in vain and your faith wouldn't be in vain. Which means the ministry we are doing would have been uh, our ministry in vain. And the faith that you are following, that would have been a vain faith. It would just be some kind of a religious faith. Wow, that would be interesting. Everything we do in the name of Christ, everything would be in vain. And Apostle Paul goes on to say, he says in verse 19 of 1 Corinthians 15, 19, he goes on to say, if it was not for the resurrection, you see, we would be among the most pitiable among people. We would have to be the most pitiable. And he says it specifically because every beating I took, every problem we went through, every attack upon our lives, every, you know, everything that was happening in our Christian life, everything we went through, it would all have been in vain because we would be the pitiable people, every suffering we went through, because Christ didn't resurrect from the, de- the dead. If Christ didn't resurrect from the dead, then our life would be in vain, our preaching would be in vain, our message would be in vain, and the way we spent our life, everything would have been in vain. You said, if Christ had not resurrected, then we would have been the most miserable among people. Think about it, if Christ had not resurrected, then his birth, his death, and the life he lived, would have been meaningless. Christ's coming would have been meaningless. If he didn't resurrect from the dead, Christ's coming would have been meaningless. There would be no, no substance to why he came and why he did what he did and why he died on the cross. If Jesus had not resurrected from the dead, then the devil would right now be preparing to take everybody with him to hell. You, me, and everyone else. If Christ has not resurrected from the dead, then Satan is going to take all of us with him to hell. What a terrible thing that would have been. Every one of us have lived a riotous, wicked life. We have lived a life that, is, that has, has been terrible. We were dead in our sins. Apostle Paul goes on to say, I was a violent and insolent man. I was the chief of sinners. If he was the chief of sinners, a man who followed the Jewish teachings to the dot, then how about us who lived sinful and wicked lives? We would have no hope. We would have no life. The devil is taking everybody to hell. If Christ had not resurrected from uh, the dead, then we would still be in slavery to sin and to the devil. There'd be no opportunity, no chance for freedom. We would be living all our life, every day of our life, we would be continuing in in sin and we would be continuing as slaves of the devil. But praise be to God, today God has chosen us that we would no longer be slaves of the devil and no longer be slaves of sin, that we might be able to live slaves of righteousness. You know, what a life it is to be able to live in freedom from sin, freedom from brokenness and lies and Freedom from a dysfunctional life. Freedom from a broken family. Because Christ is risen. We have a hope. We have a a hope to live a life of freedom from sin and from the devil. If Christ had not resurrected from the dead, we would have no hope in this life. We would have nothing to look forward to in this life and into eternity. We'd have no passion, no purpose, nothing. We would have nothing to look forward to. You know, eternity would be blank. It would be staring at our face. Eternity would be meaningless. Eternity would be just hopeless. Without hope. Without hope. First Peter 1.3 says, Blessed is the God of our Father, Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His great mercy has caused us to be born again into a living hope. Hallelujah. Because of Jesus, we have come into a new hope. But if Christ has not risen, then we are the most hopeless people on the whole planet. If Christ had not risen, we'd have no purpose for this life. This life would be meaningless. Some of us would pursue a job. You know, many times when I hear people sing, uh, you know, I'd hear some on the radio or something like that, I'd hear some romantic song, and the words would go either, Oh, I can't live without you. Or one set of romantic songs would be, 
now that you're gone, I don't know what to do. Life is meaningless without you. Or, you know, songs like this. And as I am growing older, and as I've been married a few years, and I know that when I listen to these songs, I know these, a lot of these things are wishful songs. Songs of a fantasy. Songs of a, of, of, of a dream marriage that people are thinking about. But when I look today, that if Christ had not risen from the dead, after all of that, after that particular dream and fantasy, we would be having no purpose with our life. Broken lives, broken homes, broken marriages, broken dreams, broken businesses, broken plans, and a broken future. We would have no purpose. But the moment Jesus came into our life, the moment we say he's resurrected from the dead, then we have a purpose with our life. We have a reason to be alive. We have something concrete to do with our lives. And this is why the resurrection message, the fact that Jesus rose from the dead, is the centrality of the Christian message. His death, burial and resurrection is the centrality of the Christian message. The cross is the central aspect of the gospel of Jesus Christ in our lives. So, what do we know about this resurrection? If this resurrection is the central message of the gospel, let's look at what do we know about this resurrection. One of the first things that I want to tell you today about the resurrection is that God planned and initiated this resurrection. God planned and initiated this resurrection right from the beginning. When we look in the book of Genesis, Adam and Eve had sinned and they had disobeyed God and they lived in rebellion. And when they lived in rebellion, God had to come and God had to speak judgment. The consequences of the sin, God had to speak it to them. But after speaking to Adam and Eve, he turns to the devil and he tells the devil something very interesting. He says, I will put enmity, in Genesis 3.15, the Bible says, I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. God put a prophetic scripture right in the beginning in Genesis and chapter 3 and verse 15. God put a prophetic scripture right over there and prophesied about to the devil saying, time is coming when the woman's seed, he is going to crush your head and you are going to strike his heel. Which means that time is coming, you are going to send him to the cross because of the sins of the world. But he is going to crush your head. The Bible says in Colossians, Jesus nailed all the written code that was against it. He nailed it to the cross, making a public spectacle of the devil. Everything you did and I did. Every sin you've done and I've done. Everything that we have been indicted to go to hell for eternity. Jesus took it. And he made a public spectacle of the devil. And he nailed it to the cross. So God right from the beginning began to proclaim about this coming resurrection. Hallelujah. Genesis in fact in 49 and verse 10. Not only did God plan. See God did not plan just for Jesus to die for the sins of the whole world. But the resurrection was also Jesus' way of being proclaimed as King of kings and Lord of lords. God not only wanted to save you and me, but God wanted to also proclaim that Jesus was King of kings and Lord of lords. And he prophesied that in Genesis 49 and verse 10. He says, the scepter will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet, until Shiloh comes, and to him shall be the obedience of the people. God prophesied to Judah that, you know, the scepter, the rulership would not depart from Judah. And Jesus came as the lion of the tribe of Judah. Nor the ruler's staff from between his feet until Shiloh comes. And to him shall be the obedience of the people. The inheritance is going to belong to him. The obedience of the nations are going to belong to him. God is going to establish him as king of kings. And as Lord of Lords. Hallelujah. So when I think about the resurrection. It was not one story that some people planned. And some disciples of his suddenly stole his body. Secretly hid it. 
and then one day they just said Jesus is alive what would they gain out of it listen to me it was not something that happened by by happenstance on that day but i want you to know god had prophetically spoken about it right from the beginning god spoke about it not only did god speak about it in the book of genesis but also the prophets prophesied about the death burial and resurrection of jesus christ there are many scriptures i can take but i want to focus on isaiah and chapter 53 this is a prophetic scripture about the messiah the suffering savior you see first corinthians 15 the bible said jesus rose from the dead and the scriptures previously spoke about it but and if the scriptures spoke about it we want to look where in the scripture in the old testament it spoke about a coming messiah and that's there in isaiah and 53 now you would look at isaiah 53 and a lot of the jews scholars would say we got a problem with isaiah 53 why because they say this is about israel but you can't with the wildest imagination this can't be about israel because we're going to go through isaiah 53 and i want to read some scriptures out and i'm going to show you how this was not about israel this was about the son of god it was about jesus the son of god who was going to die be buried and resurrect back to life for your sin and my sin isaiah 53 verse 2 says for he grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground he has no stately form or majesty that we should look at him nor an appearance that we should take pleasure in him he was just an or he looked ordinary he didn't look like a handsome person or most wonderful person or the most good looking one jesus was an ordinary person like you and me that that we should not take any pleasure in him in fact in verse 3 it says he was despised and abandoned by men he's not talking about a nation he's talking about a person he was despised and abandoned by men a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief and like one from whom men hid their face he was despised and not esteemed isaiah prophesied isaiah began to see about this coming messiah 700 years before jesus came isaiah began to prophesy that he was going to be a man of who was going to be despised by people and nobody was going to esteem him or consider him worthy was forces however it was our sickness sure that means he bore our sickness he bore our grief and our sorrows he carried yet we ourselves esteemed him stricken smitten of god and afflicted he bore our sorrows he bore our griefs he bore our sickness upon him hallelujah he bore our sickness upon him our pains he carried and we have been afflicted god took that humiliation on our behalf we were supposed to be humiliated jesus took it on our behalf verse 5 says that he was pierced for our transgression which means your sin my sin your wickedness every wicked thing you've ever done every wicked thing i've ever done he was pierced for that he took that spear on his side because of your sin and my sin he was crushed because of our iniquity you know what is iniquity iniquity is the sin nature that is in us every one of us is born with iniquity there's a sin nature inside of us he was crushed for our sin nature because adam and eve violated the covenant with god and the heir of that forbidden fruit and they rebelled against god sin nature came inside of them and the bible says the chastening for our well-being fell upon him and by his scorching we are healed by his stripes we are healed hallelujah which means today the bible is prophetically talking about jesus how by his stripes we are healed and peter quotes that later on and says in the bible how we are healed because of the stripes of jesus was success all of us like sheep have gone astray each one of us has turned to his own way but the lord has caused the iniquity of us all to fall upon him which means every one of us our sin is now fallen upon jesus christ the lord has caused all our sins to fall upon him this was prophesying about jesus verse seven says he was oppressed and afflicted yet he did not open his mouth like a lamb that was led to slaughter and like a sheep that is silent before his shears he did not open his mouth by oppression and judgment 
he was taken away. And as for his generation, you know, he was oppressed, he was lied about, he was mocked, he was scorched, and by oppression and judgment, he was taken away. And for his generation, who considered that he was cut off out of the land of the living? The Bible is prophesying that he was cut off for your sin and my sin from the land of the living, which means he died. For the transgressions of my people to whom the stroke was due. You and I, the sins of the world, we were supposed to be beaten, but he took the beating. We were supposed to be thrown to an eternity in hell, but he paid the price. And then the Bible says, and his grave was assigned with the wicked men. He was assigned a grave along with the wicked. Yet he was with a, a, with a rich man in his death because he had done no violence, nor was there any deceit in his mouth. The Bible is prophesying about Jesus and saying he was sinless. There was no deceit. There was no sin. There was no violence. Nothing. But he took our sin upon. The sinless Lamb of God became sin for us. That we who are sinners would become the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. Isaiah was prophesying about a coming Messiah. Verse 10 says, But the Lord desired to crush him, cause him grief, if he renders himself. You see, as a, he would render himself as a guilt offering. If he would give himself as a guilt offering. The Bible is prophesying and saying, If Jesus would give himself as a guilt offering, he would see his offspring. The Bible says we are his children. We are his family. You see, then God would prolong his days. If he would be given as a guilt offering, then God would prolong his days, which means God would bring him back from the dead. Because the previous verse said that he was, you know, assigned with the wicked and he died even though he had taken, done no sin. Verse 10, God crushed him. And causing him grief and rendered him as a guilt offering. And he will see his offering. He will prolong his days and the good pleasure of the Lord will prosper in his hand. Which means he was going to not only raise from the dead, but he was going to rule and reign in the coming days. As a result of the anguish of his soul, he will see it and be satisfied. By the knowledge of the righteous one, my servant, my servant will justify Many. The, Isaiah is prophesying about this servant, about this coming Messiah, that he, by taking the sin of the world upon him, even though he had no sin, he was going to justify many, for he will bear their wrongdoing, or their sin, or their iniquity. The Bible is prophesying Jesus was going to bear the sin, and the iniquity, and the wrongdoing of the whole world. Therefore, I will allot him a portion with the great. God is saying, I'm going to lift him up. I'm going to give him a portion with the great. And he will divide the booty with the strong. Because he poured himself out himself to death. Jesus poured himself to death. And was numbered among the transgressors or the wrongdoers. Therefore, I'm going to give him a lot with the great. God said, I'm going to give him a great name. I'm going to lift him up. Hallelujah. You see, when you look at the prophetic scriptures, you see that God spoke about the resurrection in the beginning. And then we see that the prophets in the scriptures prophesied about a resurrection. Then we see... That Jesus foretold about a resurrection. Matthew's gospel 17 verse 22 and 23. Jesus said, and while they were gathering together in Galilee, Jesus said to them, the son of man is going to be handed over to them. And they will kill him. And he will be raised on the third day. They will kill him. And he will be raised on the third day. Jesus prophesied. He began to say, I'm going to go and I'm going to lay down my life. People of God, people are going to take me and they're going to kill me. And they, they're going to see that, that I will be raised on the third day. Now when the disciples heard this, they were deeply grieved. But Jesus did not stop prophesying. He continued to say, in fact, he said, you tear down this temple and I will build it in three days. 
Jesus said, on the third day, you're just going to see, I'm going to raise myself from the dead. God prophesied it in the beginning. The prophets and the scriptures spoke about it in the scriptures. Isaiah prophesied it. Jesus foretold, I'm going to be raised from the dead on the third day. Then Jesus began to live a lifestyle preparing for this great resurrection. Luke's Gospel 9.51 says, When the days were approaching for his ascension, he determined to go to Jerusalem. What he was prophetically telling the disciples, I'm going to die and rise again. I'm going to die and be raised again. What he told the Pharisees, you tear down this temple, I will raise it in three days. Jesus was determined now to go to Jerusalem and there die on the cross and be resurrected from the dead. Not only did Jesus prophesy and live such a life, but the angels began to prophesy about Jesus' resurrection. Matthew 28 verse 6 says, you know, the angel in the tomb was there and saying, he's not here. Why are you living for the, looking for the living among the dead? He's not here. He's risen just as he said. Just like Jesus said. The angel is saying, just exactly what Jesus said has happened. He's risen from the dead. He's not here. In fact, Mark 16 was 5 to 7. A very, you know, the angel is there. As the disciples are entering the tomb, they saw a young man. I mean, they saw a young man. I like the fact that the Bible, you know, is saying that angel looked like a young man. They saw this young man sitting at the right, wearing a white robe. And they were amazed when they saw this young man. Because they were looking for a dead body. And here they see a young, alive man. And he is wearing a right robe and they were amazed. And he said to them, don't be amazed. You're looking for Jesus of Nazareth? Excuse me. Hello. Hi, hi guys. Uh, are, you, are you checking out? Are you looking for Jesus of Nazareth? Who's been crucified? Which means the angel confirms the crucifixion and the death of Jesus Christ. And he says, are you looking for Jesus Christ? Now some people, they say, you see the disciples, they actually came secretly in the night and they stole the body of Jesus and they went away. That's, that's the Jewish claim. They stole the body and they went away. Now here is an angel of the Lord you see, if he was one of the disciples, this young man sitting in there, then he would have told them, oh, I'm so glad you came. Let me secretly tell you, in the night that we came and we secretly stole the body and we've kept it at this location. Don't tell anybody, okay? It's a secret. Because you're the disciples and you are the most important people in Christendom, that's why I'm secretly telling you. But this young man was not saying anything like that. He said, why are you looking amazed? He said, hello, Apostles. Guys, I thought you guys were supposed to be preaching the gospel. Why are you looking amazed? As though you're looking for Jesus of Nazareth who's been crucified? He is risen. He is not here. He is risen. See, here is the place where you laid him. You guys laid him. They laid him here. But go and tell his disciples and Peter that he has gone ahead. Don't tell them. Please tell the disciples, don't come here to the grave. He's not here. Please tell them that he's already gone ahead to Galilee He's risen just like he told you. Hallelujah. Just like he told you. The angels proclaimed about his resurrection. We see God spoke about it. We see the prophets and the scriptures prophesied it through Isaiah and many other portions. We see Jesus prophesied it and said, I'm going to die on the third day. I'm going to raise from the dead. We see a series of events, you know, building up towards this great resurrection. And then we see Jesus lived a life like that. Then we see the angels prophesied about his resurrection. And then Jesus, then the angels also say, why are you looking for him here? After the resurrection, the angels prophesy and say he is risen. We also see about the resurrection that the Romans and the Jews, they tried to stop this resurrection. I think this is a very important thing to keep in mind. The Jews and the Romans, they tried to stop the resurrection. Matthew's Gospel 27 verse 63 says, and they said, so we remember that when that deceiver was still alive, he said, after three days I'm rising. Therefore, give orders for the tomb to be made secure until the third day. Otherwise, his disciples may come and steal him and say to the people, he is risen from the dead. And the last deception will be worse than the first. So Pilate said to them, you have a guard. Go, make it secure as you know. And they went and made the tomb secure with the guard sealing the stone. You see... What the Romans and the Jews did, they put a Roman seal. They put a Roman seal on the, on, on, the, on, the, on the tombstone. So that if anybody would break that seal, 
they would have to pay with death. Any soldier that was guarding, they kept soldiers there to guard. One of the things you must understand, that if a Roman soldier on duty guarding the grave, why would he guard the grave and allow grave robbers to rob the body of Jesus Christ? Why would he allow that when he knows that he and the other soldiers with him on duty, they would all die for allowing somebody to go with the body like that? The Roman soldiers and the Jews, they tried to stop the resurrection. I want you to know they tried to stop the resurrection. What else do we know about the resurrection? When Jesus rose up from the dead, people witnessed the resurrection of Jesus Christ. About, you know, the disciples saw Jesus. The people on their way to Emmaus, while they were walking, Jesus appeared by them and walked with them. And he opened their eyes and they saw that he was the Messiah. Mary Magdalene at the tomb, she saw the resurrected Jesus Christ. But more than anything, Apostle Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 3 to 8, he says like this. He says more than 500 people at one time. More than 500 people at one time saw Jesus resurrected from the dead. It goes like this. For I handed down to you as first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sin according to the scriptures. And that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. So Paul is proclaiming the resurrection of Jesus. And that he appeared to Cephas and then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 brothers and sisters at one time. He appeared to more than 500 brothers and sisters at one time, most of whom remain until now, and some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, and then to the apostles. And last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared to me also. What was Apostle Paul saying? See, forget all the others. 500 people. If you would give 500 people five minutes... To testify in a court of law where they saw Jesus, how they saw him, what was the setting, all of that. If you gave them five, five minutes per person, that would be 2,500 minutes of eyewitness testimony of the fact that Jesus was raised from the dead. That would be about 40 hours or 40 plus hours of, of eyewitness testimony. If you were to give eight hours per day, and five minutes per person to testify in a court that's working eight hours. Just the people giving testimony. I saw Jesus. I also saw Jesus. Next one. I also saw Jesus. How about you? I also saw Jesus. Where did you see him? I saw him there. Where did you see him? I saw him exactly there. I saw him. Where? Why? You see, Jesus did not appear to 500 people at 500 different times. Now, this is a powerful testimony to his resurrection. Jesus did not appear to 500 people at 500 different times. He appeared to more than 500 brothers and sisters at one time. You know what that means? It means nobody could claim that someone or the other made up a story. That you are having hallucinations. 500 of them at one time he appeared to them. And they all could testify. Location, place, angle, where he stood, what happened when they saw him. 500 of them. That is five full days, morning to evening, eight hours per day, in a court of law, testifying about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But more than that, I think, what else do we know about the resurrection? I think the greatest story of his resurrection is our transformed lives. Was the lives of the disciples that were transformed. The apostles' lives were so transformed that they gave their life up for the gospel. You see, you have to be a fool if you have to give your life up for a story you cooked up. You have to be either mad or you have to be a fool to give your life up for a story you cooked up. You see, the lives of people, my life was transformed. There are millions of lives around the world that have been transformed. Relentlessly people are going and sharing this gospel of his resurrection because they have experienced the power of God's resurrection. Millions of people are giving their lives to God. Many, many around the world are turning to Jesus Christ. Lives have been transformed. What else do we know about this resurrection? After the resurrection, the church of the living God, Jesus Christ, the body of Christ, the weight is growing around the world. Even in nations where they're clamping down. Even in nations behind the iron curtain. 
Even in nations where there is no freedom to follow the faith you want. Even in those nations, the gospel is becoming the power of God unto salvation for them that believe. Hallelujah. No government can stop the gospel of Jesus because they, he is the glorious king of kings. You can stop man, but you can't stop God because Jesus is the king of kings and lord of lords. Every king, every ruler, every government that has tried to stop him, they have all died and they've all gone. But the gospel continues to be preached to the ends of the earth. The church continues to grow. What do we know about the resurrection? That in Revelations, the Bible says that he's the lamb of God that was slain from the foundations of the earth. Revelation proclaims him to be the Lamb of God. Revelation 13.8 goes on to say how, how he is the Lamb of God slain from the foundation of the earth. And I believe God wants you to know he is the Lamb that was given his life for the gospel. But that Lamb is alive and well in Revelation. That Lamb is alive and well in Revelation. Hallelujah. Praise God. If this, if this is a fact... That God prophesied about him in Genesis. If it's, a fa if it's a truth. That the prophets and the scriptures prophesied about him. Isaiah talked about his coming. His birth. His death. And his resurrection. Isaiah prophesied about his birth. Upon his shoulders shall be the government. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And of his government there shall be no end. Uh, you see he'll be wonderful. Counselor. Prince of Peace, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. Isaiah prophesied about his birth. A virgin shall give birth to a child. Isaiah prophesied about his death in Isaiah 53 and his resurrection. Isaiah prophesied about this coming Messiah. And if these prophecies have come to pass, and then Jesus foretold about it, Jesus lived a life in such a way, the angels begin to prophesy about it. The Romans and the Jews, they strive to stop the resurrection. And then you and I, we have encountered Jesus Christ. Millions of people around the world, the disciples uh, and millions have given their life to Jesus. The disciples are willing to lay down their life, even up till today. 2,000 years later, people are still laying down their life for the gospel. If all of that, and if heaven prophetically talks about a lamb that is slain, is alive and well in heaven, if that is the case, and if the resurrection of Jesus Christ is a reality, then what is the significance for you and me? The significance for you and me, if his claim has been proved to be a reality, because of all these things I just told you. If Jesus' resurrection has proved to be a reality. Around the world the gospel is being preached. Lives are being touched. People are getting born again. What is its significance? The significance is firstly that Jesus is the son of God. He is divine. He is not man that is coming and is going to die. He is the son of God. He is, his resurrection is proof that the father raised him from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. No, he's not a good preacher. No, he's not just a good teacher. No, he's just not a good man who went and about did, did some good things. The, you know, sometimes I, I recently heard some people were saying, oh, Jesus Christ, you know what he did? He lived such a good life for the poor people. What do you mean he lived such a good life for the poor people? Of course, he came and he transformed the lives of the poor. But he did that through the church. He did that through the body of Christ. What did Jesus do? He wasn't a, a good Samaritan who transformed the lives of good poor people. He was the king of kings who transformed us by turning us away from a life of sin. And getting us born again by taking our sin upon the cross. That's what he did. If this, he is resurrected then the fact is that he is the son of God. If resurrection is a reality, and as we know it, it is, then Jesus is the only savior for the whole world. Nobody else has risen from the dead. Every king, every prince, every leader of government, every ruler, everybody has made big claims. Every scientist, every person that has claimed to understand the beginning and the ending of the universe. They've all come, made their claims, they've died and they're in the tomb. But Jesus' tomb, even today if you go there and look, it is written, He is risen. 
He is not here. Hallelujah. He has risen. He is a resurrected Savior. And if He is a resurrected Savior, He has the power to forgive your sin and my sin. Nobody else has the power to forgive sin. Only one who is sinless has the power to forgive sin. Let me say that again. Only a sinless one has the power to forgive sin. And Jesus, the significance, if he's resurrected from the dead, then he is a savior. Not only is he a savior if he's risen from the dead, then he has power over death. Which means death can no longer hold him. Which means he is the life of the world. He has the life of God in him. Which means he can give you life. If you are dead in your circumstances, if you're feeling you have no circumstance, everything is dead, all your circumstances are done, I want you to know God wants to come and breathe life into your circumstance. You may be a child of God and you're going through brokenness. I want you to know He's still the resurrection and the life. He can breathe life into your circumstance. Not only can He breathe life into your circumstance because He is life. If the resurrection has been is a reality, then Jesus Christ is King of kings and Lord of lords. He is King and He is Lord. Because I want you to know this, this cross that He hung on, He hung there as a Savior of the world. But when He came down from the cross and He rose up from the dead, He rose up as a transformed body with a miracle power that has been the power of God going through him. If he is resurrected from the dead, then I want you to know that we can today live according to the power of God. You and I can live according to the power of God. He has put his Holy Spirit inside of us. And the power of God is available in us, in our lives today. Hallelujah. That he is the resurrection. He is the life. Acts 4.33, the Bible says, and with great power, the apostles were giving testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And abundant grace was upon them. Philippians chapter 3 verse 10 says, I want to know Christ and the power of His resurrection. Today you and I, we have the resurrection power of God inside of us. We have the resurrection power of God inside our lives. Hallelujah. The resurrection of Jesus is such a reality. Because once you and I were living a life of sin, Today we're living a life of righteousness. The in Christ life that God has given us. Because His resurrection is a reality. It is also true. Because His resurrection is a reality. Then Jesus Christ is coming back again. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 28 says. Jesus is coming back a second time. For salvation without reference to sin. To those who are eagerly waiting for Him. Because Jesus risen from the dead. He's waiting. He's coming back for you and for me. Are you ready for His second coming? He is returning. Are you ready for His coming? Because Jesus has risen from the dead, there is also a coming judgment. Because Jesus has risen from the dead, He is proclaimed judge. He is proclaimed the one who is going to judge the right and from the wrong. He's not going to leave that to wise people on earth. He's not going to leave that to the judges here on earth. He's not going to leave that to, to leaders or, or governments or kings or all of that. He is going to judge the living and the dead, the Bible says. Bible says in John 5, 27, uh, 26, 27, For just as the Father has life in Him, so He's also given life to the Son, and He has given Him authority to execute judgment. The Father gave authority to the Son, in verse 27, to execute judgment because He's the Son of Man. Hallelujah. He's also coming as the Son. And because of this resurrection power, I want you to know, because He's resurrected, we are all going to be with Him in eternity. Because of this resurrection, we are all going to live with Him. We not only have a born-again life here on earth, we are also going to have the life of God in eternity. That you and I don't have to live a life on earth and everything ends with it. First Corinthians 6.14 says, Now God has not only raised the Lord, but will also raise us up with His power.
that you and I are going to have an eternal life. That you and I are going to live a life of eternity. First Thessalonians chapter 4 talks about it. He says, For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven and with a shout and with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will be caught up together with Him. We shall meet Him in the clouds. So we will always be with the Lord because He's resurrected. We will also resurrect. We will also be transformed in the twinkle of an eye. We will be transformed into His image. This resurrection day is not just celebrating what He did on the cross. It's also celebrating what He wants us to do. How we want He wants us to live our life. And how we must live eagerly for His coming. And how we must tell others about His resurrection. People of God, don't just celebrate the fact that He's resurrected. Tell others about His resurrection. Tell others that He's risen. And today Jesus wants to say to some of you today, according to John 11, 25-26, Jesus wants to tell some of you, Jesus said to her, to Martha that is, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live. Even if he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Jesus asked Martha. And today I want to tell some of you that are not yet known Jesus as your Savior. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord, I want you to know Jesus is saying, I am the resurrection. I'm not celebrating a day of resurrection. I have come to reveal the resurrection himself. The resurrection himself is coming into your life. If you will believe in Jesus, then you will have that resurrection experience and you can be born again. Romans 10, 9 says like this, if you confess with your mouth, I don't know who I'm speaking to today, but I know you're out there. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is your Lord, not your Savior, but your Lord. Because Savior is forgiving from sin, Lord is your ruler. If you will confess with your mouth that Jesus from this day onwards, you want to have Jesus in your life as your Lord. And if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. If you will believe in the resurrection, Paul is telling the Romans. If you'll confess with your mouth that Jesus is your Lord, and if you will believe in the resurrection, you will be saved. Hallelujah. Which means you can, you will have eternity forever and ever. The Bible says the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But for us that are being saved, it is the power of God unto salvation. Those of us that are being saved, the message of the cross, hallelujah. It is the power of God unto salvation. It is the power of God unto salvation. And every one of you, even as your eyes are closed this day, in the presence of God, Jesus, He is King. He is, He was, He died in weakness, but He was raised as the Son of God. He died in your sin and my sin. He was raised as the King of Today, if you would ask Jesus to come into your heart, I want you to know your life will be changed forevermore. Because He is Lord.
chapter 10 verse 9 over you everyone who confesses that Jesus is Lord Jesus you are my Lord ask Jesus come into my heart I want you to be my Lord my ruler from this day onwards my life is yours because you live I will live because you are resurrected I can believe you because you are resurrected you're coming back as judge you're coming back as ruler and king of kings and savior every claim you made is a reality so, Father, we submit our lives into your hands. We want you to be our Lord. And, Father, we want to confess with our mouth you are Lord. And want to believe in our heart that you are our Savior. That you are the God who raised you from the dead. I believe that. Pray that in your heart and say, Lord, I believe that God raised you from the dead. Be my Lord. And you will be saved right now. In Jesus' mighty, mighty, mighty name. Amen and amen and amen. God bless you. I'm so excited for every one of you that has given your life to Jesus. Have a wonderful, wonderful Resurrection Sunday celebrating. Let this be a memorable day in your life and have a wonderful life ahead living in the Resurrection power of God. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this sermon. For more sermons, please do visit us at wicc.in. 